Hey, welcome to the Centre Podcast. We're a church based in Dural, Sydney, who love Jesus and want to share the message of hope that he brings for all people. We pray that you're blessed by this word and that it reveals God's love for you in a new way. Enjoy. Well, here we go, banter, epi two, <laughs> backed oh, by popular demand. I know, I know. Oh, huge, <laughs> popular, streaming, Yeah, you know, just breaking all the podcasting records. <laughs> we'll be the next Joe Rogan. Let's hope not. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> Start injecting horse yeah, yeah. something into the, anyway. I know. I'm all meant in terms of popularity. Yes, 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 yes. So, uh, I, I, I feel like you like kind of like fill us on the like the fitness side of Joe Rogan. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know what I bring to the table for the Joe Rogan experience. <laughs> well, let's be the next Bible project. Let's be the next Bible project. That yeah, sounds yeah, great. Yeah, that's okay, a, we'll I feel that. like that's a better yeah, goal. Yeah, yeah, that's much better. So, Mitch, it is the 15th of February, 2022. Mm-hmm. What did you do for your beloved for Valentine's Day? I let her go to Bunnings. Cute. And buy. Um, she got a... I don't know, some sort of cutting instrument from her father-in-law. Yeah, right. Cutting stuff. Oh, for cutting wood. I don't know. I okay. don't know what she got. Okay. I, I'm not a handyman. I have no that's handyman right. skills. Good. Rachel's got all that. I just, I don't know. Just that's it. And look, I think that's how like couples work, right? You yeah, like yeah. meet it in the middle. Yeah. So she, so she went to Bunnings, used my credit card to buy stuff that she wanted for her. That looks pretty cool. She's been up. I think I mentioned she upcycles furniture, mm. and so she's been busily upcycling furniture. And we moved the cupboard up into the office this morning. Freshly painted, so it looks good. So yeah. she she did that. She mm. bought herself and fixed up furniture. What did That's you so do? Good. What did I do for Valentine's Day? I I bought M some flowers on the twelfth of February because mm. uh, just being in Dural, there's like all these like beautiful mm. like fresh flowers. Just like it, there's no way to make this sound not dodgy, but like sold on the side of the road essentially. Yeah, yeah. But they were for for ride for roadside flowers. They were expensive flowers, so they was no, that was nice. She said that they were the freshest roses she'd ever had. Ooh. So there you go. But see, the secret is, I like very early on, and I think that you did this too. Kind of like told your partner, I don't do Valentine's Day. Yep. So now, if I do get her something, it's like boom, Ooh, win. Yeah, yeah. It's only it's only up. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't do anything, you're like, oh well, we don't do Valentine's Day. And if you do do something, it's like, oh my oh. gosh, you did something. So what's that? What's that term? You under promise but over deliver. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. Very good. That's the secret to a happy marriage. Under <laughs> promise and over deliver. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I think so. <laughs> maybe we shouldn't do a marriage podcast. Though. No, Let's maybe, maybe not. stick in our lane. Let's stick in our lane. I'm sure maybe our wives would argue that mm. that should not be yeah. what our specialty is at. Yeah. So, week two of the growth. Um, mm, series that yeah. we're doing preparing the soil, the soil. Yeah, prepping yeah. the soil prepping the soil yeah we kind of yeah, joked yeah. when we were kind of creating this series that everything should end in like in instead Ooh, of in yeah because yeah. it's like kind mm. of all farming stuff yeah, prepping prepping the soil yep. so we'll prep on the soil and looking at the word mm. the word so this was a really kind of interesting way that you took this mm. sermon I found in a lot of ways because mm. you focused a lot on sort of Old Testament views of the word mm. and how that should be informing our New Testament thinking on it, mm. which I think is really cool. 
because I think that we need that balance. And you did kind of mention at one point in the sermon, you sort of indirectly quoted it, like a Romans mm-hmm. six fourteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are no longer under the law; we are under grace. Mm. And this is kind of like where I was like wanting to chat a bit yeah, today, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I like, ask you some questions and pick your brain. So, if we are no longer under the law and we are under grace, as the Apostle Paul mm-hmm. writes. Um, why is the law still important for us? So to answer that question, I go back a step about the importance of the law. So if you look at the Exodus narrative, Yahweh or God doesn't save the Israelites because of the law. He saves them because of his promise to Abraham. And even that promise to Abraham, Abraham didn't didn't deserve it. So the, the act of the Exodus itself is grace. What you'd say, and and Jesus is he's the new Exodus, sure, like yeah, you yeah, are yeah. Passover, all that language, the new Passover language, yeah. yeah. And so the law is it's a covenant, it's an agreement between Yahweh and the Israelites about how they are to live. Sure. And it's quite interesting if you look at the Book of Exodus, and uh, like from chapter twenty where the Ten Commandments mm-hmm. are sort of formed on the stone, and Moses goes up there and it's a voluntary agreement. Go, hey, do you agree to do this? Yeah, 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 yeah. We do the Israelites say. And so the law in itself, it's not a way for salvation. So if you read N.T., right, he talks a lot about this. The law wasn't a way to earn salvation. It mm-hmm. was he, he uses the language of like an identity marker. It was a way to show that you were Yahweh's people. Mm-hmm. It was to be unique among the nations. And our, the problem with sermon is you don't have time to unpack this. For is sure. That so the Israelites were sort of in the middle of the ancient Near Eastern world and all the nations would be traveling through them. And so you'd see something interesting about some of, some of their worship practices were similar to other cultures. You know, you offer sacrifices and whatnot, but mm-hmm. you're meant to be a unique society that reflected Yahweh. Sure. And so the law in itself wasn't, I'd argue, not to find salvation in on itself. Mm-hmm. It was a way to... To guide you to live as God's people. Mm. And so Jesus says something similar. He says, you know, you will know them by their fruits. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And it's not saying sure. you have to earn your salvation. It's uh, sure. your fruits are reflective of yeah. your salvation. So if you and I say that we're followers of Jesus, you kind of expect some sort of outward behaviours. Yeah. We're not going to cheat on our wives. Sure. We're not going to beat people up. Sure. We're you know, not going to be known to be drunkards. There's all that, you see. You know, but those actions in itself don't save us. They're reflections of what mm-hmm. Jesus has done for us. And so in the same way, the law is like mm-hmm. that. And so that's so under the law, uh, we're not under law, but under grace. I see as the Apostle Paul saying is that, well, the, the boundary markers have now shifted. That Jesus has fulfilled the law. Mm. He's the embodiment. He's the only one to perfectly uphold the law. Mm. And now we're in the new covenant. Mm. And the new covenant is, as Jesus says in the book of John, he says is to love one another. Like love is the foundation of the new sure. covenant. Yeah, and, yeah. In uh, the words of the Beatles, love is all you need. <laughs> <laughs> that is probably the only time I'll quote yeah. the Beatles for <laughs> theological significance. Okay, so all right, so you're talking about this idea that um, I believe it's like Matthew five, like Sermon on the Mount. Yeah, Jesus yeah, yeah. is saying, "I came to fulfill the law." Mm, right. Yep. So this is always like an interesting thing mm. for me because we see in all four Gospels mm. at different points 
Jesus kind of redefines the law a little bit. Like, so for him to fulfill the law, like, so let me give you an example. So Matthew 8, Mm. he touches lepers Mm. when he heals them. Now, obviously, Old Testament sort of law, you shouldn't touch anybody with a skin Mm -hmm. disease. Um, You know, in in Mark 2, Jesus and the disciples are picking grain on the Sabbath. And the Pharisees Mm. even come and, like, rebuke them for that. And he says, you know, the Sabbath was made for man, not Mm. man for the Sabbath kind of thing. And this whole idea of even though he is saying on the Sermon on the Mount that he came to fulfill the law... Mm. I don't know. Like, Jesus seems to be pretty fast and loose with the law a lot of the time. (laughs) So how do we know what laws we're meant to follow and what laws are okay to maybe, I don't know, compromise on? Is that the right word? I think you know what I'm saying. I know exactly what you're saying. There is a book out there called Four Views on the Law, Mm. and it's part of this series. And basically, different authors put their, what they believe is the purpose of the law today. Um, so I guess looking at what Jesus does, Jesus being God is able to, in a sense, not re, I guess you could say almost rewrite the laws, if that makes sense. He, he's the one, so he's the embodiment of God mm. in flesh. Mm. And so he's showing what, uh, how, how do I rephrase this in the right way? So him by touching a leper, he makes himself unclean. But because he's also God, mm. he in himself isn't defi- defiled by that. Mm-hmm. But for the Israelites, the their purity was always to point to the holiness of Yahweh. So I had an Old Testament um, lecturer, and he would say the whole weird. So you know the weird laws about. Don't sow like sure, the don't grain. boil yeah. a kid in its mother's milk, like a, a goat yeah, in its yeah. mother's milk. Yeah, yeah, or even milk. like the, the having, you know, two types of, you know, don't. Yeah, don't mix two, two types seeds, of like seeds, uh, or yeah, wearing seeds different or... clothes. Yeah, yeah. And he and I really liked it. He said it's about um, the oneness of Yahweh. Mm. If you just clarify, do. sorry, because yeah, yeah, we didn't yeah. really make it clear what those yeah. laws are. Yes. So the two laws, like obviously slightly paraphrasing, mm. are. Don't mix, mix two com- types of fibre together yeah, in yeah. your clothing. Yes. And when you're sort of growing a, a grain, don't 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 mix. don't mix two types of grain yes. together. Yes. Which like seem somewhat trivial. Yes, they do. But but <laughs> but he he would argue, and I really like this idea. And I've read it in other few books. Is that it's to remind us that that God is one. And so, yeah, that that was sort of the idea of the law is that the Israelites as a nation were to be holy. Mm. They're called to be holy. Yahweh is holy. They're a holy people. They're, in fact, the whole nation of Israel intention is to be priests. Mm. So everyone around them can see that idea. Oh, look, priests point people to God, their mediators. So the nation see Israelites. Oh, wow. Look at their God. Look how wise they are. We want to be like them. Sure. Now, put that with Jesus. Is Jesus as the embodiment of God and man. He's walking around doing things which would defile a normal Israelite, but Mm -hmm. he himself is not defiled. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting about Jesus is Jesus, we talk about how he perfectly fulfills the law, Mm -hmm. but also he has the full covenant curses of the law upon himself. On the cross, the wrath of God is poured upon him. And so there's that sense too, the fact that he touches someone 
and heals them. It's almost like he's taking on that that cursedness of humans, but at the mm. same time not. I really like that tension that That's interesting. he has there. So I've never heard that before. That like in a moment where he's say touching a leper and mm. healing him, that's almost or healing them. Yeah, that's yeah. pointing towards in some way mm. an allusion to yeah, yeah. his crucifixion yeah, to come. Yeah. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. I haven't heard of that before. That's cool. And then, because I know, you know, there, there are many scholars who attribute these five chunks of teachings in the book of Matthew mm. to sort of Jesus bringing, just like Moses, these new five, yes. you know, books of law, law almost. Yes. New Torah. New Torah. Yeah, on a mountain. On a mountain. Yeah. Is this the law that we should be meditating on, or should we be meditating yeah. on Deuteronomy? Great question. So, obviously, in Psalm 1, because that's sort of the theme verse for the year, when I, when I refer to law, Torah, there's a bit of debate about what the psalmist was talking about. Was sure. he talking about Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy? Or was he talking, using the law or Torah as the whole scripture? Yes. Because, obviously, we read the psalms and see them as part of scripture. Yes. We read Joshua, Judges, or Isaiah and see that as part of scripture. Sure. So. I like to see it as all scripture. Or when it says, when he meditates on the law day yeah. and night, it's not just this book of Deuteronomy or these chapters. It's everything. It's sure. all God's. Sure. And so through the lens of Jesus, it becomes everything. Yes. So we meditate on the law, i.e. the Bible, the word of God, day and night. And so obviously for the original audience, they're referring to the Hebrew Bible. Mm. But for us as Christians... We have the new covenant parts mm. of the Bible, mm. and so, yeah, all scripture should be meditated on. And that was the I used Paul's words from um, two Timothy yeah. three sixteen. You know, all scripture, all scripture. is God breathed, and yeah. that's yeah. And I find because uh, for me, I've my my journeys into the Old Testament's quite recent because sure. I very much was like ah, the law was sort of almost like a mistake, yeah. and Jesus came to kind of rectify that mistake. Sure, I very much had that belief that the law was. A workspace thing, and that yep. you had to earn your salvation, yep. and so very much would only focus on the new. Mm -hmm. And then had it pointed out, it's like, well, what Bible did Jesus preach from? I'm like, oh yeah, good point. Mm. What Bible did the apostles preach from? Mm. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it started to dawn actually the because Jesus on the road to Emmaus, he says, hey, like this is what the the law, the prophets, and the writings spoke about. Spoke about me. In sure. fact, you could argue that you could preach about Jesus without the Gospels. That's essentially what Jesus said. Hey, you should be able to understand what I'm doing because it's all right about me. Sure, so, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I, I mean, I suppose the asterisk probably mm. isn't needed for most people who yes. have, have, you know, that mm. um, solid understanding yeah. of the importance of Jesus yeah. as the cornerstone oh, yes. of Scripture. But when we're meditating on all mm. Scripture, it's figuring out, okay, how does this road lead back yes. to Jesus? Yeah. Um, which, I mean, can be some pretty hard work sometimes when you're looking mm. at some of those. You know, you, I think you use the expression, it can be like wading yeah. through molasses, <laughs> yes. right? It, it can feel a little bit yeah, like yeah. that sometimes. So we, we, we're given these mm. sort of, these laws, these, these mm. clear laws in um, in Torah. Mm. And and you, again, you were speaking about this idea of it, it's God-breathed mm. and drawing these comparisons between the first part of Genesis, yep. the you know, first mm -hmm. verses of yeah, Genesis, yeah. Um, the first part of Joshua yep. and this Psalm 1 and mm -hmm. talking about the importance of God's word. Yep. And uh, you use this really beautiful analogy. You said the importance of, of God's law 
law is comparable to the sort of paradigms that he sets out in Genesis when he's mm. talking about land and sea. He's, you know, creating night and day. He's creating sky and earth kind of thing. He's creating these clear paradigms to which if they aren't followed, if they're unraveled, which we spoke about a bit last yeah, week, yeah. it's chaos, yeah. right? There's tsunamis, right? There's, I don't know, like endless nights. There's, uh, you know, hail storms, you know, and... I suppose uh, I was kind of intrigued with how Jesus fits into that yeah. analogy. Mm. So I want to—I'd love to like hear your thoughts about this sort of little little thought that I was having about: isn't there great beauty when these moments, these these paradigms, these elements mm. that God creates, blur? So, for instance, you've got land and sea, right? Mm. Well, for me, probably my favorite places to be are by a river by a lake, mm. by the beach. You've got night and day. Well, I think most people would agree probably the sky is the most mm. beautiful at sunset or sunrise mm. when, when night and day are almost kissing, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And likewise with the, the sky and the earth. Well, we've spoken about previously how a, a Jewish understanding, an ancient Hebrew understanding of the sky was this vault of water. Mm. For me, I mean, I think any skier or snowboarder would agree snow's pretty yeah, yeah, beautiful yeah. and amazing or, you know, a beautiful rainy day. Mm. How does this kind of fit in with Jesus coming in and maybe finding the beauty in where the law mm. blurs? What are your mm. thoughts on that? Yes. Are we getting into heretical territory? No, where the law blurs. Well, this is... Um, okay, well, let's go back to the Sermon on the Mount. Sure. A great one is where Jesus says, Hey, you've heard it written, you know, do not murder. He says, sure. but I tell you, if you hate your brother, yeah. you've committed murder in your heart. Mm. You know, it said, do not have it. You shall commit adultery. He says, well, if you lust for a woman in your heart, you've committed that. Right. So what Jesus is doing is actually showing, well, that's actually what the law is meant to do. Sure. Go to Exodus 20. Look at the Ten Commandments. Yep. It's really interesting. What's the last commandment? It's like, thou shall not covet thy neighbor's wife, mm-hmm. you know, animal, etc. and so forth. Yep. Now, Thy neighbor's oxen. <laughs> yes, you know, all that. Well, I was looking at my neighbor's oxen thinking, the other oh, day. That's, a, that's, like, a pretty, oh, that's a pretty cool that's oxen. That's a good looking oxen. One. But if you look at all the other commandments, yeah. so it begins off, you know, have no other gods before me. Sure. Now, you can look at that. Okay, they've got an idol. You've broken that sure. one. Uh, you should not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Yeah. Okay, that's something you can hear that. Remember the Sabbath by keeping holy. Well, if you're working on the Sabbath, that's pretty clear. Sure. Uh, honor your father and mother. Okay, you know. Yep. Again, that's an external action. Not murder, adultery, stealing, false testimony, but coveting. How, how do you police coveting? Mm. It's in your heart. Mm. And so even there in the Ten Commandments, there's mm. a hint that the law is not just external. Yeah. It's internal. And, sure. And so this is, I think, where the problem is that Jesus is really hitting at is that for the, the Pharisees in particular, because after the exile and just this fear of if Yahweh abandons us again, mm. we can't handle another exile. So they became so legalistic. Sure in applying the law. And so this is what N.T. Wright talks about, the boundary markers. The law wasn't there to save. It was a guide for how you to live. Yahweh Mm. has saved us at the Red Sea moment, at the Passover. Now, in response to this covenant he's made of us, we live in a certain manner. Similar as Christians, we, we... don't drink and don't smoke because we don't think that's, you know, that's going to save us somehow. We do it because, well, as Christians, being drunk is not a good thing. As Christians, perhaps smoking is not the best use of our resources, the best use for our health. We don't beat our wives because, you know, 
that's we love our wives, we love our neighbours. Like that's the idea. We don't think our actions are what save us. It's mm. Jesus who saves, but that's the fruit. Yeah. And so Jesus is really pointing back to the whole purpose of the law. It was about transforming the heart. Mm. And so, yeah. And there's other verses I can't remember off the top of my head which actually sort of imply that, you know, the law is a heart element. There's an internal yeah. action, not just external ritual, which yeah. I think we often paint the law. It's just an external totally. thing, no transformation of the heart. Yeah. And it was there, but people didn't get that. Yeah, I mean, I think even mm. like even within that Ten Commandments, there mm. continues to be nuance, like honour mm. your father and mother. But if your father and mother, right, like Abraham's father tells him to bow down to a false idol, mm. like what do you do with that? Yeah. Well, like Abraham smashes those idols, yeah. right? And, like, I don't know how honouring that is. And obviously this was before yeah, the law, yeah, yeah. but it's like, well, how do you honour your mother and father if they're mm. asking you to do something that contradicts yeah. one of the other commandments, you know, which yeah. isn't... I, I think um, that ridiculous uh, hypothetical. No, no, no way. You know, there's people all the time who are, yeah. you know, told to so essentially stop worshipping Jesus or get out of my house, essentially. Mm. Like, so the, Actually, it's interesting. It's a little bit off topic, but honouring your father and mother, it's actually aimed more at adults looking after vulnerable parents. Mm. So, um, interesting. John Walton and Daniel I. Block. I can't remember the book that's in but they both talk a bit about this um about honoring your because because the commandments they're sort of they're not um just flat like what i mean by that is like do not murder okay that that seems like a black and white thing to us but Mm -hmm. you do start to dig deeper throughout torah and you start to unpack what that looks like Mm -hmm. you make sure you put a parapet around your house so your neighbor doesn't fall off and die you don't keep a bull that kills people that you know And so what he says about honouring your father and mother is it's vulnerable people. Mm. And so we kind of think for it as children. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we should be thinking more adults who yeah. are looking after your parents when they're el- elderly yeah. and vulnerable. Yeah. And by extension, looking after all the vulnerable elderly people sure. around you. So I found that a helpful way of looking at That's cool. So that's John Walton and Daniel Block. Oh, I'm a Block them. Love yeah. Block. <laughs> so I, I've, I've got a, another question for you. And again, I am putting my cynic hat on today. Because oh, I think that's when we have the best conversations. We do, yeah, yeah. Because I do Look. agree with everything you're saying anyway. But I think it is helpful. <laughs> you've got to play devil's advocate. That's Someone's got to do it. it. So, um, I mean, look, uh, obviously Psalm 119, um, mm. you, you quoted that. I think the longest psalm. It is the longest yeah, psalm. Just yeah, as yeah, a fun yeah. little fact there. Mm. Um, but Psalm 119, 97 to 98. Um, oh, how I love your law. I meditate it on it all day long. Mm. Um, and look, this this idea is mm. definitely echoed in you know Joshua mm. and in Psalm 1. Mm. Um, meditate on, on your law day and night yep, in yep, Psalm yep. 1. So my question is... If we do, as you know, Psalm one, as Psalm mm. one nineteen, as you know, many other passages in the Bible instruct mm. us to do, if we spend day and night meditating on Scripture, is there a danger? And I'm going to use a little kind of uh, a big word here of, of committing bibliolatry, which is like idolatry of the Bible and putting the the word above God himself mm. or at the very least sola scriptura which is essentially well what would your definition of sola scriptura uh, be? Scripture alone. Sure. Yeah, Focusing yeah. just not allowing the Holy Spirit yeah. to interpret mm. scripture in our hearts mm-hmm. but literally taking everything on literal face value. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So 
is there a danger in that and how do we avoid yeah. it if we are going to meditate mm. on scripture day and night as is the psalmist tells us I guess yes there is a danger. It's interesting. Human history just repeats itself. So we look at the Pharisees and think, oh, how stupid could they be? Jesus was there, yada, yada. But there are some fundamentalist Christians out there who would have many of the same rigorous views, <coughs> like sure. narrow view of the Pharisees. Mm. Um, yeah, my, my dad has a joke. <laughs> the type of church he's in, they, we believe in the, the Father and the Son and the Holy Scriptures. <laughs> Yes, yeah, right. He has. Sure. There's no room up for the Holy Spirit to yeah. come in there. Uh, so how do you avoid that danger? Well, I said it on Sunday. I think I said it. Yes, I did. About how the Bible is basically, well, particularly say Deuteronomy or Exodus mm-hmm. or whatever. It's meant to be a representation of Mount Sinai. Sure. We we can't. The Mount Sinai is not going to be repeated. Sure. And so. Bible and said it's God's words to us. We weren't there at those historical moments, but this is the record for us yep. to look at and to be reminded that these are God's words. And even I've been reading a book about it's actually really interesting. It's about ten unknown women in the Hebrew Bible, mm. like those minor characters. Yeah, cool. And the author there says each of these characters in some way or another points to Yahweh's character. Oh wow. Um, either good or bad. Like it's sure. so some women are really good, some are bad. Sure. And so even in a narrative where God may not be the main mm. character, we read how that the interactions of different, you know, characters mm. are. It's mm. meant to point us to, well, this was a righteous person, this was a wicked person. So how does that mm. reflect God? How is God working in the midst of all that? When we come to scripture, that's what we always have to remind ourselves, this is the word of God mm. and if Jesus is the incarnation of that word mm. in fact there's something look I don't know if I fully buy into it but there's this idea that when Jesus spoke oh sorry when God spoke at creation it's almost like that was Jesus and John's tapping into that like Genesis sure. 1 because Jesus is, all that is the word word and so that's God's word yeah yeah it's like that was Jesus so Look, it's pretty yeah. confusing, crazy stuff. But that's so Jesus is reflected in human flesh of God's word. Sure. And so his teachings for us are our guide. Mm. And so we worship him mm. and not the Bible. And so it's always just a reminder. I think I said to you, what well, we always drummed down at college, we sit underneath God's word, mm-hmm. not above it. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, we're actually going, well, it's God himself mm-hmm. we worship. And so, yeah, it's remembering that and knowing too that the Bible has a very specific purpose. Mm. I, I mentioned that, that, you know, it's a guide for life. Yeah, yeah, sure. But there's some things the Bible can't answer. It, it doesn't talk about what we do with social media. Sure. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't about, cover video piracy. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's a <laughs> Or gu- sharing Netflix accounts. You know, what, like, what does the Bible say about that? Like it, it, but what we can do is we can unpack what the Bible talks about and, and go, okay, well, in this sort of example here, this is what theology does. Mm-hmm. Is like, in this example here, this is how God's people responded. Here's something kind of similar-ish. How do we, we look at that? And we're left to sort of wrestle with... Sure. And that's what's the fun part about Scripture is we're yeah. left to wrestle. Mm. There's things that just aren't answered. Mm. But what it does answer is it gives us the story of the first two humans, the ideal image of God, mm. how they stuffed up, and how that image of God 
is meant to be mm. restored through the children of Abraham mm. and how they stuff up and then go into exile and come back and then how the true son mm. of God comes along Jesus Christ and then we're kind of given the end of the story which is he comes back that's yeah. essentially the Bible in a nutshell Yeah, and so it calls us to live as God's people mm. and just keep reminding ourselves time and time again okay this is the word of God when we meditate on it it's about transforming our minds you know, mm -hmm. renew. the author Hebrews says you know keep your minds keep your eyes fixed on Jesus mm -hmm. the author and finisher of our faith like that's mm. the idea of meditating yes yeah. it's helping us live more like Jesus for sure it's something which I say like it comes up a lot and I, and I say it quite a bit that I love this idea that you brought up of wrestling mm. with scripture because I think that for me it makes it so much more tangible to our relationship with it sometimes yes. you know it's not just reading it's not just meditating sometimes it's wrestling and going back to like what does Israel mean right yes. so you know the story of Jacob he's out in the wilderness and he's wrestling with God and that's the name that he's given mm. Israel and then we as new covenant Christians mm. are brought into that family of Israel so we are also Israelites so by that very nature we are called in a way at times to wrestle with God um, and that's what it ends up being a lot of the time for me when I come across an excerpt or part of scripture that's I'm like I don't know what to do with that but God doesn't want us to just kind of shrug and walk away from it he wants us to lean into it and wrestle and I find that it's typically in those moments of wrestling that I grow the most in my appreciation understanding of God in my own faith in my maturity um, and, and it's it sort of you know, can be a door to a, a whole other, you know, area of, of the word mm. and understanding mm. God more. Yeah, I love that idea of mm. wrestling. I really yeah. like it. And when I first started, we did Mitch's favorite verses mm. in Ecclesiastes. That's, now that's a book of wrestling. That's a wrestling, yeah. <laughs> that's just sure. a book about, hey, like, you're, like, Torah says this, if you're obedient, like, your crops are going to be good. There's going to be lots of good things happening. Yeah, I'm not seeing that happen. Sure. There's a mismatch. Sure. There's that, that wrestling there. Mm. And that's what's fantastic about scripture. It's yeah, I've just started reading through Jeremiah. Mm. Jeremiah, like, man, he really argues with God. Sure. Yeah, Jeremiah twenty is like, hey, yeah. like, you know, what are you doing, God? Like you've called me. I feel yeah. like the word's almost like raped. I feel like I've been raped by you. <laughs> like it says here in Jeremiah twenty seven, you oh Lord, you deceived me. It's like uh, it's probably closer to like raped, like it's something like along those lines. Sure. It's really intense sort sure. of language. Of, yeah, but yeah, he's a holy prophet, and he just keeps going. Goes, oh, you know, I'm ridiculed, but your words like a fire. I can't hold it in, mm. and that's what's cool about scripture is there's we meet real people mm. who struggle with the complexities of living in life that's cursed because mm. well, we're living in a Genesis three world. And where's God in the midst of it? They uphold the goodness of God, mm -hmm. uphold the supremacy of God, yet wrestling with the complexities of a sin yeah. fallen world. And so that's what I love about the Bible. It doesn't mince about the human condition. Yeah. 
And I, I, that kind of like segues perfectly into mm. this next idea because you, you quote Ecclesiastes, which essentially mm. says, you know, despite you following the law, mm. despite you, you know, ticking all the boxes, mm. um, it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, you are going to have the, the life that maybe you'd hoped mm. for. You know, Jeremiah, like a faithful prophet, mm. is like in this moment, like an outcast of society. Mm-hmm. He's ridiculed. He's a laughing stock, and he's, he's mad at God. Um, I know, obviously, you maybe want to be careful when we're when we're uh, journeying with Job, but this mm. idea of a righteous man who does everything right by God has everything stripped away from him. So, in that, is following the law really the secret to happiness? Mm. Great question. Yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yes, because, well, by law, let's let's use the Psalm one definition of mm-hmm. law, which is all scripture. Well, how I'm how I'm defining it. Sure, I could be totally wrong. But I'm defining like I think meditating in a on new law, covenant context. Yeah, that's all, good. Yeah, yeah. It's all. It's everything. Mm-hmm. All scripture. We're meditating. We're seeing all scripture is God breathed. Yep. So both old and new, and it has something of value to teach us. Um, yes, well, leave to a happy, blessed life. Well, there's... Uh, I'll share a story. Please. A uh, story. Yeah. So, Haiku Sepian, he was an Iranian pastor. And he was martyred for his faith. Like, being a Christian in Iran is a very difficult thing. And when he, he had a number of children, and he was in a car accident, it was him and his wife and another couple, and their baby son was in the car, and his son was killed... And they said at the funeral, Hike was just saying constantly, hallelujah, 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 like crying, but saying hallelujah. And he goes, I know one day I'll see my son again one day. And so for Hike's scripture, he ministered in an incredibly, incredibly difficult environment. So for him, his life on the surface looked terrible. Mm. In the end, beaten, shot and martyred by Islamic extremists. But scripture for him gave him a joy and happiness. It gave him a joy when his son was killed. And apparently when his family found his body, they said he was actually smiling, like covered in bullets from being shot by extremists. But they said he was actually smiling, like there was this joy that radiated from him. So for him it's saying, so he meditated on scripture, but still ended up dying. But in a sense, his life was complete and whole because he had... God around him and you hear that time and time again all, all persecuted Christians well, we just want the Bible mm. that's all we want is the Bible yeah. doesn't matter if we're starving doesn't matter I'm in prison all I want is God's word and sure. I, I, I have another story a, a friend of mine he um, he was telling me about these Christians in communist Romania and they were just starving in prison and someone just started reciting scripture mm. and it took away the pains wow of like their stomach for daily bread that's what kept them going Mm. and yeah scripture it gives us a foundation for life Mm. and gives us a hope to look forward to the author Mm. of Hebrews talks about he he still talks about Abraham and Sarah going on that journey and they're not looking for you know an earthly city they're looking for the heavenly Mm. Jerusalem Mm. and that idea is that in life, it, there's this pilgrimage idea and there will be challenges and there will be hurdles. But mm. the core of it, if you've got scripture as your guide, mm. it gives you the strength to keep going through that. Mm. And what, what I love about kind of shifting gears, say the wisdom literature, the book of mm-hmm. Proverbs or Ecclesiastes, is it gives you truths that make sense. Hey, you know what? Like, 
let's just say, like Proverbs talk about hard work. Most of the time, if you work hard, probably things are going to go well. But that's not always guaranteed. Sure. Wisdom is if you follow God's laws, there's chances are you're probably not going to get into trouble. You're going to have a healthier marriage. Mm -hmm. That's no guarantee. It's not a magic shield. So that's why I say it's a yes and a no. Mm, For sure. But I think too, when crisis has come, it gives you a basis, a foundation Mm. to keep going. Mm. A number of people say, I don't know how non-Christians sort of survive. I don't think they do. They kind of just try to hide the pain by something else where we actually have a God who we worship that Mm. understands pain and suffering. Mm. And the cross, yeah, the cross really encapsulates all sort of Mm. emotions. Think Mm. about it. If you've been betrayed... And Timothy Keller talks about this. If you've been betrayed, hey, Jesus understands that. Mm. If you're feeling lonely, Jesus understands that. If you're in physical pain, mm. Jesus understands yeah. that. There's this sort of... Yeah, yeah we don't have a high priest that's... He, he can sympathise with our weaknesses. Yeah. So that answers the question. It does. And I, I want to get a little bit mm. mystical yeah, for okay. a second. Mm. So you, near the end of your sermon on Sunday, um, shared this story about going into a house... Mm that was demon-possessed. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, come on, like I'm ready for a story. I'm ready oh, for someone to be thrown against a wall. Let's go. And then it gets actually. to this point. Well, no, this is actually what I want to mm-hmm. highlight. In, with all due respect, it was a yeah. little bit disappointing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'll tell you why I was disappointed mm-hmm. by it, which was um, you go into this, this house, mm-hmm. you feel this oppressive energy, mm-hmm. this spiritual energy crushing your skull almost, mm-hmm. you said. And you start quoting John 1 1. Yeah, yeah. Which maybe isn't the most relevant passage for d- demonic yeah, yeah, attack. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And yet, there's power in that. Mm. I reckon that is really fascinating because mm. that's something that I've found that even, um, you know, in, in times where I have just been listening to the mm. book of Genesis read yeah, out yeah. loud, right? You know, there's there's maybe not always um, some, you know, little golden moment that's really going to speak into the, the, the moment of your life. And I have felt that a little bit sometimes. I'm like, okay, this is just a, you know, story about, you know, Joseph, right, in Egypt at the moment. But there's something about God's word that is still edifying to yeah. our soul and spirit. And even when maybe it's not the perfect verse, mm. even when it's maybe not, you know, the choice, you know, sort of um, way that Jesus would have responded to the Pharisees, picking this perfect yeah, little yeah, yeah, nugget yeah, yeah, yeah. of Torah, right? It still has power mm. and, and has, has innate power. Mm. What are your thoughts on that? What, why do you think that is? Why God's word has power over the darkness, oh, e- but like, even when mm. it's even when it's irrelevant, yeah, irrelevant, yeah. See, because ultimately, if you look at Scripture, God's the one who's supreme over all creation, and Jesus has all that authority, and so it makes sense that the demons would submit to that. So I didn't... So with the story, I actually quoted all the way to John 5. Sure. I kind of cut the story out. And it was, the light shines in the darkness. Ah, okay. I got to that point. Okay. Yeah. That was a bit off the cuff. I don't really know why I shared that story. It was quite... It was... Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it turned out to be not that exciting, the house. We went there and prayed <laughs> over it and like nothing <laughs> happened. So that was actually the night before I went to the house. So I walked past the, 
So she caught up that on the Monday, and I said, yeah, yeah, we're bringing the prayer team over. Mm -hmm. And it was the Monday night, and it was winter, so it was dark early. I walked past the Hindu temple, and that's where it happened, mm. at the Hindu temple. Mm. And that's when I quoted John 1, 1 to 5. Mm. In the light Which I'd love you, to, can you quickly read yeah, that Yeah, yeah, so it's, yeah. in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it. Well, I humbly apologise. Oh, no, that's These right. are much no, 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 more no, no. Yeah, relevant. Yeah, yeah. yeah yes. but, but that's cool. Mm. But I, I do think that there is still yeah. something to say there, that yeah. even... You know, I've I've heard of people experiencing some sort of attack before, and just mm. the name of Jesus, Jesus yeah. right? The word, right? Yeah, the name well, of Jesus has power. There was so, I don't know. It's, it depends on like how people when I tell like that story, they get a bit weirded out. But there's so twice it Rachel's next door neighbor, no, once at Rachel's next door neighbor, then once in Rachel's house before we were married. So Rachel's neighbor, she's into like new age stuff, mm. and we're feeding the cat. And I walked in, you could see shadows moving in the roof. Mm. It was pretty spooky. That's prayed, and it sort of stopped. Mm. And there was one time we were engaged, and the room had just this real hot energy, and we were really like, I don't remember what we were upset about. And I looked at the door, and I could see shadows just moving across the door, and there's no one out there. Mm. And I said to Rachel, I said, Oh, I think there's a demon out there. And she just said, In Jesus' name, go away. And like the whole room just changed. And I was like, what did you say? She's like, oh, in Jesus' name, go away. And I said, well, it's worked. So, mm. yeah, this is the thing is that the mm. Word of God is very, very powerful. Yeah, and, and points Jesus. towards it being more than just sort of letters on a page. Yes. It is God-breathed. Yes. And it's sort of the last thing I just want to mm. quickly touch on, mm. which was this this thing that you slightly, it was just a little seed that you kind of oh, put yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You spoke about um, how... Um, breathing is deeply spiritual. Yes. And you spoke about how in Hebrew there's mm. one word, yeah, which rock. is rock, yeah. right? Which points towards breath, mm. points towards wind, and points towards spirit. Yeah. And this idea of scripture being God breathed, mm. right? Sure, it's like this idea that's coming out of the, the mouth mm. of our Lord, who, the, you know, the same mouth that stars come mm. out of, right? Mm. Like this is a powerful idea. But the idea that is, the word is also interwoven with the Holy Spirit. Mm. And it's that power of the Holy Spirit that I think, for me anyway, balances out this idea of law and, and, and the word of God mm. and the Holy Spirit. That's, I don't know, that's sort of my thought on it. It kind of makes it more holistic yeah. Yeah, view. Yeah. So I think where I was going with that, and again, it's hard when you only got a 20 minute sermon and I can't unpack your thoughts at totally. the moment it's it's almost like all life is like God is around us come on yeah and you know even the fact that we're alive God's part of that process he's present with us all the time mm. and like and that's part of it his word is meant to be with us so it's that mm. promise he will never leave us nor mm. forsake us and so when we see the wind blow yeah okay that might just be a um, meteorological phenomenon but mm. at the same time too it's God's sort of hand over that and that opens up a can of worms about you know sure. natural disasters but sure. every time I feel a breeze it reminds me of God's spirit mm. Jesus says the wind blows where it pleases and it's like well it's the, it's the wind blowing mm. is that a wind or is that God's spirit 
kind of just reminding me that he's there. Mm. I take a breath. It's like, well, that breath is the, the nepesh, the life breath that's given to all humans. Sure. And one day that will go back to the creator. Sure. Or, or this is it the Holy Spirit himself. Sure. sure. And again, like nepesh really cool. is this, this one that's sort of like a soul and a breath yeah, at yeah, the yeah, same yeah. time, which it's, is a, this, this deep interconnection. Yeah. I, I once I was listening to a lecture on some psalms, and the the guy who was running the lecture he trained in Jerusalem, and he's he's a Christian, but his supervisor was an Orthodox Jew, and he was talking about supernatural and natural in the world. He goes, no, 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 no. Mm. There's no such thing as natural. Mm-hmm. It's all supernatural. And it's like wow, that's for for like this Orthodox Jew. He was just saying everything around us is supernatural. Mm. God created it, therefore it's supernatural. Yeah, no such thing as natural. Yeah, it's, like brushing your teeth or yeah, praying yeah. in tongues. Like it's, it's all spiritual. spiritual. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like, I was like, what a way to see God and God's creation. Mm. It's all. Mm. So last mm. time we yep. sort of had a little bit of a teaser for next week. I did. What are we What are we looking at next Sunday? Next week, uh, next Sunday we're looking at small groups. Small groups. So okay. connecting in as community. So it's small groups slash sort of church meeting together. Sure. But in particular, we're looking at small groups as being a way to encourage one another and tapping into a bit of Genesis. Cool. So creation of the man and the woman. Mm, we're created not good for to community. Be alone. Yeah. <laughs> in our DNA mm. most and looking at Acts 2 42 to 47 with the early church meeting together and why it is important to meet and obviously Hebrews where it talks about you know, don't forsake meeting up together so looking at that from both church but more, more predominantly small groups why mm. we have small groups and why it is important there's a lot of Christians out there I think you can kind of just do it solo mm. just yeah mm. all I need is just to rock up to church on a Sunday sit by myself that's all we need but yeah it's it's a cliche term but we were created for community mm. yeah it's just finding that community of mm. God and plugging in reading the word together and like what we're doing here like this is community I'm learning from you you're learning from me you're asking mm. questions I hadn't thought about mm. and we challenge each other for which sure is part of what small groups are about. So. For sure. So just a reminder, we've yeah. got a, a challenge to mm. remember all of Psalm 1 yeah. and be able to recite it off yeah. by heart, which even that phrase alone is sort of, you know, writing the law on our heart. Mm. This idea of, of, of it being something which is deeply emotional. Yeah. So, And I, it can be in any translation. Any translation. Well, see, I learnt Psalm 1 in, like, the King James version. So, that, so I was reading the NIV, I was like, ah, oh, I just know it in the King James too much. I'm, I'm going to do, do the Hebrew version. I'm going to learn now, but I'm oh, definitely do not going to do that. that yeah, yeah. Be, okay, so maybe I thought maybe we should finish mm. by, by, by reading Psalm yeah, 1. yeah. Uh, one more time. Mm. Uh, would you like to do that for us? Read that song. Oh, I would us, love to do that. So I'm reading it in the older NIV. So Ooh. this is a 1984 okay. NIV. Um, so, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Not so the wicked, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish.
Mm. I think as we close there, just if you have that psalm on your heart, mm. ready to go, yeah. I reckon there's so many moments in which that is actually going to really help you yeah, yeah. <laughs> in sticky situations, mm. right? In moments. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to hearing a bunch of people recite that yeah. as Easter, the, the Easter yeah, service yeah. you were yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the challenge. And I think, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to maybe learning it. I'm, I'm, I'm still going to decide what translation. Yeah, like it's, mm. I'm, I'm not worried about translation. It's just, mm. you know, as long as it's there. And I always had a philosophy with when I used to help my mum with Iwana. It's mm. like a kids program, and they had the, the kids would learn Bible verses. Like I was sort of like, as long as the general gist is there. So say like if you change the word around, it's sure. like well, the, the point is you understand it, it's, and that's the yeah. whole exercise. It's not to be. I must remember word every perfect. yeah, you know, sure. it's like whatever translation. Even if you miss a word, the point is you understand the sure. gist of it. And sure. the gist of it is, hey, you know, are you remembering to meditate on Scripture day and mm. night? Don't walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners take or sit in the sea of scoffers. Like, just remember that. That's the point of it all. For sure. So, for sure. so good. So good. Well, yeah. look, was there, was there any last thoughts as we kind of close today that you... you... Yeah. I, I, one of the things I kind of close with sort of four steps to help people yeah. read the Bible. And yeah, my question for you, Murray, mm. I sort of laid out kind of what I do. What mm. do you do to help read scripture it can be tough sometimes yeah i um i've, I've actually really enjoyed like lectio divina mm. which essentially the the part that i've really appreciated in that is that scripture isn't fast food it's mm. meant to be chewed on mm. and i think um i can be guilty of speed reading especially if it's you know a passage or part of scripture which i'm like i know this I know what's going on here. Yep, the waves are going crazy. They're in the boat. The disciples are yep. freaking out. I know what's going to happen next. But actually sitting, stilling myself, reading it, repeating the reading mm. for a second time, and then literally like meditating on it mm. and, and sitting in that silence and allowing God's Spirit to reveal new things to me, to, um, yeah, challenge me on moments and really to allow it to, to sit with it rather mm. than just pushing past it like a Big Mac, you mm. know. How about you? What's your sort mm. of, your practice in interacting with Scripture? So I love, I shared it, the listening to the Bible orally. Yeah. So my favourite, I never read it, but it's a message I listen to. I love listening mm. to the message Bible. I think it's because of the guy who reads it. Mm. just has a really easy listening voice. Sure. Um, just fine, and then when I so I've been listening to I was actually listening to Song of Songs, which is quite interesting. Anyway, mm. interesting book, but mm. yeah, and then tapping into some Jeremiah mm. as well. So I find listening to like prophecies in the message really good to kind of get that real foundation, mm. and then read it more in depth in the Bible. So because mm. even Eugene Peterson says the message isn't a translation; it's a Paraphrase, yeah, so sure. it kind of gives you like the great yeah. basis, and yeah, then yeah. I find it just helps me get, get the flow of yeah. what the prophecies are saying, and then read it in a more yeah. literal translation. So even the guy who's like, "This is my translation," it's yeah, like yeah, just yeah. like you know, have yeah, some yeah. variety in your diet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't just eat the message. Yeah, I think that's like a, a really great point yeah. as well. And different translations. Yeah, and so that's what's great about version mm. The app is I have about five I go through and. Yeah, the NIV is sort of like my 
my hardcover Bible mm. that I have here, and I use the it's called the Net Bible. It mm-hmm. actually has translators' notes in it, mm. and it will give you kind of Greek and Hebrew. So I love to kind of read their insights into that. Mm. I use the Tree of Life version, which is uh, the Jewish. So it will have, say, instead of the word priest, it'll have konihim in it. Mm. Like that's sort of that's the Hebrew word for that, and mm. it doesn't call Jesus the Christ. It calls the anoint the anointed or mm-hmm. the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Like things like that. it has like Jewish words in there. Mm. Just find that helpful. And then have like a simpler translation, like an NLT, New mm-hmm. Living Translation. Mm-hmm. So they sort of jump around those just to... Oh, man, we're so blessed. Oh, like, man. There's some countries that don't have a Bible translation. Or you have one, and it's like so out of date. So, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Try not to take it for granted, what we have. Yeah. It's just phenomenal. No, totally. Yeah. I think that's a good challenge for us all to be, yeah, thinking about just how lucky we are yeah, and not taking like, the Bible for granted. Yeah, if if you, or everyone wants some homework... By the book on William Tyndale, he yes. translated the Bible into English, and he died on my birthday, sixth of October. That's uh, that's uh, another, another year, year. not yeah, the yeah. same year. No, same year, you know. <laughs> uh, maybe it was the year is born. Anyway, the sixth of October. I know it's something significant with sure. him, but yeah, like he, he basically was killed for the, translating the Bible into English. Into English, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah, that's a big thing. And his his whole mission was, I want, I can't remember that quote, but I want the peasant boy to be able to read the Bible. Yeah, the like boy was, who drives the plow uh, yeah, to be able like to read the Bible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's been a while since I've read him, but just, you know, he had to flee England and hide out in Germany and he was betrayed and then executed for just translating the Bible. Mm. And his translation is better than the King James Version. At that time, like the, mm. with the manuscripts they were dealing with, just a phenomenal man that just wanted the Bible to go out, and mm. so we're all products of that. We mm. are products of Tyndale and people who've gone before us, mm. and yeah, the I said at the beginning of the study, many people's knowledge of the Bible—it's a mile wide, but an inch deep. Mm. Um, it's the most printed book in the world, and yet, yeah, how many Bibles do we have in our homes to just sit there? So, mm. yeah good challenge for us all i think just to recognize the the weight of privilege that Mm. we sit under yeah very cool well i'm looking forward next sunday small groups connecting together i'm expecting a little hebrews passage in there as Uh, well (laughs) do not forsake (laughs) meeting together (laughs) looking forward to it thank you once again and uh yeah Mm. we're uh looking forward to hearing from you on sunday catch you then guys Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to help others discover this channel. Check out the description if you want to find out more or get in touch with us at the Centre Dural. But in the meantime, praying for God's hand over you as you continue to step into everything Jesus has in store for your life. Be blessed.